Thank you for listening to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. If you enjoy the show and want to support us, the best ways are to leave a five-star review and subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us on Twitter or Instagram at lunchpailguys underscore. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. Special episode today for a few reasons. First, it is episode number 200. Big round number. I don't think we've had a big celebration episode since episode 100. I mm-hmm. guess I don't think we did anything for 150. Um, as fun of a number as that also is, but we're excited to have you along uh, with as we go through. Uh, we'll start with some normal sports stuff, and then... We will uh, have some episode 200 superlatives uh, to hand out. I'll go through the stats as always, and we'll have some other things. There's also a big episode because today is Wyatt's last full episode, so we'll be saying goodbye to him at the end of the podcast as well. Uh, But we'll get started before we do all that with some news we missed. Uh, First, Washington and Michigan are set to meet in the college football playoff title game on Monday. Does anybody have any thoughts? Yes, I think I think this is for me. This is showing that there's more parity in college football, and you don't need to recruit at the top ten level anymore. You can either do it with a smart coach or through the transfer portal, and you don't even need to have that good of a quarterback. Michigan is proving that I think that you don't need mm-hmm. an elite quarterback. You just need one that doesn't make mistakes. Like Michigan's recruiting classes the last three years, this is according to On Three, but I'm sure Two Four Seven Sports is the same thing. Eighteenth, nineteenth, fourteenth, which is pretty good, but Washington's are twenty seventh. 80th in 2022, 36th. And, and like, Penix is a, is a transfer, obviously, and he's a really good quarterback. But, obviously, Kalen DeBoer is a really smart coach. And some of those players are just, like, in-house recruited, not by DeBoer or by Jimmy Lake, but, like, Roma Dunze is, like, just a Mich- or excuse me, a Washington recruit. He's not, like, a transfer or anything. So you don't need to do everything through the transfer portal if you just have a, a smart coach. Um, I, think, I think it's kind of proving you can do it. Yeah. You're telling me you don't agree with Harbaugh that J.J. McCarthy is the greatest quarterback in Michigan history and maybe college football history? Did he say that? He said that? I know he definitely <laughs> said the Michigan... <laughs> I, I, he definitely said the Michigan part, and there was some other part of it. I don't know if it was in college football history, but I'm looking it up right now. Did y'all see what he but yeah, I don't know any other Michigan yeah. quarterbacks yeah. other than Brady, so I wouldn't be able to say. <laughs> definitely not in college probably, football history. That probably means he's right. Yeah. That probably means that that's, that's has, a, yeah. has a good point. Yeah. yeah. Name literally you know any other ones. Michigan hasn't won an outright national title since 1948. Wait, that's what? crazy. What do you mean? What they is won, crazy? They won, they won a split one in 97. So in 1997 okay. was, was still when we had the ridiculous era of where just polls pick the winner. And one of the polls picked Michigan, the AP poll. But the <laughs> coaches poll picked Nebraska. So they haven't won an outright national championship before that until, since 1948, which That's is crazy, crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Given their, I don't know, given that I consider them on the same level as all the other big programs, I feel like, in terms of historical yeah. events. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, so talking of things that Jim Harbaugh said, did you all see what he was saying about like Jesus and how he was asked about his relationship with 
you know, God and Jesus. And he was like, I think if Jesus came down today, he'd be a five-star recruit. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I to God he said that. Wait, <laughs> I, I didn't get a yeah, there's a, of, yeah. <laughs> a bunch of funny Twitter memes about this. Like, somebody was like, what was Jesus's height? And he was like five foot five. So people were like, oh, he'd be a three-star at best. <laughs> so That's strange. Crazy. That's really strange. Jesus I also didn't like... <laughs> I also didn't like how like um, what are the in the press conference they were like what's your future and he completely dodged the question and all the players yeah. were like yeah they were like and I was like well he didn't say that he's gonna be coaching you guys next year he just said like oh yeah I'm gonna be on the plane <laughs> I think it'd be That's so crazy. funny if they acted like how they did in relation to him where they had like all the tributes and stuff and then he just immediately left them the year following. hey free Harbaugh Harbaugh you know. He's- <laughs> exactly he's free to go i think he yeah what was his line he's like they're like they asked him about his future and i'm like well i hope i have one or something like that like it was completely he said my future my future consists of like flying home to ann arbor michigan or something like that yeah i think they asked him again and he said something else today i don't know i could be making that up but um yeah he had another press conference today um according to (laughs) yardbreaker.com about how he hilariously dodged a question um they said, I'll gladly talk about the future next week. I hope to have one. <laughs> okay. so, See, I would not like that. Without him saying, or without there being speculation that he's leaving for the NFL. It's just part of the, yeah. you know, every year cycle. You gotta do it. Yeah. That's also probably part of why their recruiting rankings aren't better, because you're like, well, I don't know that Harbaugh is going to be yeah. here. Um, mm-hmm. ne- literally, even next year, I don't know if he's going to be here. You know what I mean? By the time I can sign my letter of intent, I might there might mm-hmm. be a new coach. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I, which I also, I also, Nick Saban was on the Pat McAfee show and he had a really interesting response to that, that they were like, coach, how can you like, if a player's like, coach, how can you assure me that you're going to be here for four years? He's like, well, I can't assure you that. Are, are you going to, are you able to assure me that you'll be here in four years? And the player's like, that's fair. I, I won't be able to, you know, I could transfer, which I thought was interesting. That's a good point. Also, not to like, just keep talking about college football too much, but. Did you know that Alabama, they, like, buy insurance contracts for people that are NFL-bound, potentially? They will buy, like, an insurance contract so that they can play in the bowl games and stuff. That's why they apparently didn't have that many opt-outs when they were in, like, kind of an irrelevant bowl. Like, was it last year or two years ago? As a bunch of the players had insurance policies. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Florida State needs to get on that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay, also, um, speaking of Florida State, too, just, just to go down the list for, of all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, go for it, go for, for it, me, for, it. <laughs> for me, Georgia beating Florida State doesn't mean anything, doesn't prove anything to yeah. me. The SEC, for me, the SEC championship game was a de facto quarterfinal game, and Georgia lost, so they shouldn't have ever been in anyway. It would, to me, it's like if a two-seed who was really good all season lost in the wild card game and be like, well, we were really good all season, so we should still advance because we had a good season. Mm-hmm. I think for me that the SEC championship game is a de facto quarterfinal game. They lost it. That's fine with me that they're not in. And if we went by who we again, if we went by who we thought was the best team, Oregon would have been in the playoffs. They were everybody was telling us Oregon was going to beat Washington. They were a nine point favorite, you know. And yeah, that's all I'll say about that. But. Yeah, but they lost twice to Washington. I don't think that that's an argument. Exactly. No, but I'm saying I'm saying before the championship game, if we would have said, all right, who do we think is best? Everybody would have said Oregon's better than Washington. Everybody, yeah. everybody was saying that. Yeah, that's true. I was saying it. That's all I'm saying. I was saying it. <laughs> yeah. uh, there, there's a 
I'm gonna curse you, Deb, by saying this, but there's definitely a team of destiny feel around them. Like, oh no! So it's over. Done. I just they lost. It. Put all your <laughs> money over. on this right now. <laughs> <laughs> Guaranteed money. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. All right. So we'll move into our next news we missed out of the college football. Uh, I have down here something wrote down. Giannis is haunted by the Pacers' stranglehold over the Bucks. Uh, do you want to elaborate? Whoever added. Let me find the official quote from it. He was talking to a reporter about how he thinks about the Pacers have having beat them four times already this season. Um, four times already this season. Yeah. While you find that, did you all see the thing where he was like on a mission to find the game ball from when he scored sixty <laughs> points and was like <laughs> sprinting after people? It was a little corny. I'll say it. Like I support you know him wanting to remember it and get the ball and all that, but it was a little corny. Like. All that sprinting corny. after All people to get ball that's the nba though the quote is when you think about it when you go or uh you think about it when you go home and sleep and wake up you think about it when you go back and you work out you think about it when you're about to get freaky at night you think about it what? That's what it <laughs> and that's of course after the, the the fourth loss that's I like how this is his reaction to losing to the Pacers in season, but last year when they lost in the first round of the playoffs, he's <laughs> what was his quote that everybody dragged him for because it wasn't serious enough? It's not a failure. But I was just like a, it's, it's not a failure. Or something like that. But now he loses to the Pacers and he can't stop thinking about it at all moments of his life. <laughs> yeah, that's not, it's not mutually, mutually exclusive. I think it's saying the it's same thing. That's fair. He's just a winner. He wants to win so bad. Yeah. And he wanted that game ball really bad, too. He still can't. He wants to win as bad as he wants that game ball. I just still can't get over the video. I saw of him, like, running down the tunnel. And then I'm going to, like, hold him back as he tried to get the game ball. And then he said he didn't even think it was the correct, the real one. Like, he what? thought they gave him a fake game ball. Just to appease him. They switched him. it out. Yeah. <laughs> so. Anyway. Uh, some NFL stuff. Uh, Lamar Jackson looks set to win the MVP. Kind of a big deal. It seems like it's been a very... Basically, the quarterback of the best team in the NFL has been the MVP favorite at various points this season, and we just sort of ended with the Ravens being the best quarterback, being the best team, so um, Lamar is in the driver's seat. Which, to me, I don't know. I think Lamar is a very deserving winner, but it's the whole cycle around it this year has been a little frustrating to me because in no way should Brock Purdy, I don't think, have ever been the MVP but it just feels like at this point the MVP is just the award for the best quarterback on the on the best team. It doesn't feel yeah. like anything more than that. I think Christian McCaffrey has a very good argument to be as well as. Yeah, I do Phil. too. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. both do as well. I mean, I think Lamar is a good choice if you just did it purely objectively this year. I think Lamar has been excellent, um, but I think McCaffrey and Hill also have a good argument, maybe equally as good. But because they're not quarterbacks, it doesn't matter. Which is kind of frustrating. Same with the Heisman Trophy. Except we got Devontae Smith three years ago or whatever that was. It was wide receiver. But other than that, yeah, that's interesting. Quarterbacks. It annoys me how I, McCaffrey was the favorite to win the Offensive Player of the Year. And it like, just never will make sense to me how there's an MVP who's going to be the quarterback. But that same person will probably not be the Offensive Player of the Year. Like, yeah. it's high <laughs> yeah. time that we just make a best quarterback award and a best non-quarterback award and then just leave it at that because that's essentially what it always is now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. 
Um, another NFL news, the refs screwed over the Lions a little bit. Uh, they called them for a penalty for having an eligible, an ineligible receiver not report to be an eligible receiver, but then there's clear video evidence that he did just that, hence handing the win to the Cowboys, as we know the NFL wanted all along. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's all I'll say. I don't know if anybody has deeper thoughts on that. Wasn't the thing that, like, wasn't the thing as they kind of used some deception by, they, like, brought three linemen in, even though only two of them reported, like, kind of, like, trying to deceive, like, confuse the refs or something? Or confuse the Cowboys, probably, but in the process, confuse the refs? Wasn't that the thing? Yeah. 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 That was, that was, like, the coaching that he was given. I just, what pisses me off about it is that there's no accountability for refereeing mistakes. Mm-hmm. Like, they literally cost the Lions a game and a chance at the one seed, and then, like, there's just nothing yeah. the Lions can do. Like you saw Dan Campbell mm-hmm. in the in the post game conference, he was so mad, and like I I totally get why because it's just like, yeah, I wish there was more. I wish there was like a late game report like the NBA has and stuff like that for accountability, a little more transparency mm-hmm. would be nice. Well, yeah. isn't there the isn't there accountability crew got where they off, like the playoffs? Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, yeah the, the referee crew did get kicked off, but for the game itself, dude, it's frustrating because there's nothing they can do at this yeah. point. They just never admit they're wrong even after the fact. Like, the NFL, like, released all that video stuff and whatnot, right? Like, they're just not gonna, yeah. I don't know. They never walk anything back, which is stupid. Yeah. I'd be fine yeah. if they at least, yeah, admitted things. Yeah. Well, the Cowboys will lose in the first round of the playoffs anyway, <laughs> so it'll be fine. Probably, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Um, and then we'll finish off this news we missed with some NBA. Jump back in there. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga announced that he no longer trusts Steve Kerr to develop him to his full potential, but he has not requested a trade yeah, yet. No, he didn't say he wanted out. He just put it out <laughs> that he doesn't like Steve Kerr. <laughs> yeah. This feels like Russell this- Wilson vibes. Like, I'm not requesting a trade, but if he did trade me, this is where I want to go. <laughs> Like, like they're going yeah, to fire Steve Kirk because Jonathan Kaminga is <laughs> yeah, yeah I don't know the Warriors seem to be in a bit of a, a tough place this year um, with everything happening with Draymond I think they've blown four 18 point leads this year I saw the other day, which is crazy I really don't feel bad for them at all though I'm over the Warriors as a fun basketball product Yeah, they, had they their got time. their last they got their last little fun championship two years ago or whatever. Now yeah. they can just fade into obscurity. <laughs> um, speaking of the Warriors, too, we have a couple more Warriors things. Moses Moody is apparently also frustrated with his role on the Warriors. And Draymond Green is expected to be at the facility to begin working to come back to the team after his indefinite suspension. Dang, so, who knows what that for means? A while. Feels like yeah, it's been least. like close to a month at this point. Yeah. Wait, so the, the suspension hasn't been lifted, but he's allowed at the facility, is what the current state. Okay. Yeah, I think they said he had taken the necessary steps to be able to be back in the building um, and do stuff like that. He's just but wandering around the building, he's allowed to be practice. Just but yeah, so I don't know what exactly is to deal with that, but apparently he's done enough that he can be in the facility for the team, but he can't practice or play or anything, I don't think. Interesting. All right. <laughs> Any last thoughts before we jump into our main segments? No. No. 
It's snowing in Philadelphia, so climate change hasn't totally taken over today, which is fun. <laughs> <laughs> is that the first um, time it's like snowed seriously on the East Coast in a long time? Like two years. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. saw something about uh-huh. that. Yeah. So uh, that's fun. <laughs> I used to do this multiple times a year growing up, and now I'm gonna sit and I'll be excited for like the literal half inch of snow that's gonna be on the yeah. ground. <laughs> today. It's gonna be remembered as the snowfall of the 2020s. So that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> three inches. Anyway. Yeah. All right. So we'll start um, our main segments with some talk about why it's beloved New York Giants. He says they're in purgatory. They're locked into a top five pick, um, but four of their wins have comes against teams picking above them. So pick five is almost certainly too far for them to claim um, sort of another jumping the board player. So Wyatt, it's a tough situation for the Giants. They're not bad enough to be really bad they're not good enough to be really good how do they find themselves into super bowl contention can they turn it around quick or are they just stuck in this sort of purgatory well, forever? they should have tanked harder is what they should have done <laughs> i mean the real answer is get a time machine and trade saquon barkley and darren waller at some point before the trade deadline half the mm-hmm. league is in purgatory the raiders <laughs> the saints the tampa bay buccaneers right now who it's like yeah they might win a division but their their reward might be to play the eagles or the cowboys in the first round which is like those teams are going nowhere and they're going nowhere fast and they're destined to win eight games and all that. And I suppose like from a fan perspective, you want to see your teams win more games than they lose. So like the Steelers should be happy with going nine and eight every single year, but I'm not, I don't want, I don't want to be in that position. I don't like watching (laughs) the team be stuck in the middle of the road and you're like, okay, maybe if everybody else gets hurt in the NFC and then we get like the exact right matchups, we can make our way to the Super Bowl. And then if like, the Chiefs somehow like their plane can't take off. Maybe we just win by default. Something like that. Like maybe maybe that's all I gotta hope for. And I am I am bogged down by Twitter and w- looking through all like these delusional Giants fans who <laughs> failed to admit that like Daniel Jones like it's always not Daniel Jones's fault. Oh, the old line yeah. isn't very good. Oh, he doesn't have any weapons. Just give him another mm-hmm. year. He's finally got multiple years in a system and he still sucks. And I know that he tore his ACL, and they're like, yeah, it's bad luck. He should get another chance next year. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Tommy DeVito is evidence that Daniel Jones can't run the system. Tommy DeVito going on a three-game win span, even though they're, they're wins against awful teams. But Daniel Jones, I mean, he barely beat the Cardinals. Um, we, we beat him by one point at the start of the year, and then we just looked uh, inept for the rest of the year. And again, if we've moved Saquon Barkley and Darren Waller on at the deadline, there's no way this team wins five games. There's there's no way we beat the Packers just a, a couple weeks ago. <clears throat> we probably, I mean, we beat the freaking Patriots ten to seven, and people are clicking their heels talking about how like this team doesn't know how to tank. This team has a ton of fight. We're not good. We're just not good. And I I don't want to take my victory laps beating the Commanders and the Patriots and the Cardinals every single year and yeah we beat the Packers we beat the Packers last year we might just have their number I don't know it, but yeah I mean right now I think that they their best option is to take whoever the Bears don't want uh, if the Bears decide that they want to draft Caleb Williams we trade a second round pick for Justin Fields we have an extra second round pick for the Seattle trade when we traded Leonard Williams earlier in the year mm-hmm. if they decide that they want to keep Justin Fields we give up whatever ransom they're looking for to move up to the number one overall pick. I think if you had Caleb Williams and Brian Dayball 
we would be in playoff contention within two years, like serious contention within two years. Uh, if we if we stay at five and we take a tackle, we're giving up on a first round pick of Evan Neal from two years ago, which is what keep kept the Raiders in purgatory for so long is that they missed on all of those first round picks. <laughs> and it's just like the the first, the top five is going to look somewhere between Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, and Marvin Harrison Jr. All players I would love to have. All players we absolutely will not get. And Drake May will probably be drafted number two overall by the Washington Commanders in our own division. And we will be hard stuck dead last in this division if we just run it back again with Daniel Jones. There is so much incentive for us to trade up to pick number one if that's the option or take Justin Fields and hopefully that he blossoms into – a product that I think he can be. And then on pick five, we take a tapple, tackle, we get Malik Neighbors or Adunzier or something like that. But I, they they have to make like a major move. Staying staying completely still is not going to happen. I Sure, I can respect Joe Shane's patience or whatever, but teams aren't filled with first-round picks. Even the best teams in the league like the Ravens and the Chiefs and the Eagles who – Maybe we'll get to them, but they're not really the best team in the league anymore. Uh, and uh, the 49ers, they are not filled with 11 first-round picks on both sides of the ball. And for us to have missed on Evan Neal, basically, we are just like three years behind the wheel. We got to make a major move. And it's not all bad. I mean, Kayvon Thibodeau is looking really, really good this year. Dexter Lawrence from the Dave Gettleman era is a really good pick, even though we traded Odell Beckham Jr. to get him. Deontay Banks... Looks like he's going to be a really good corner. Andrew Thomas is a franchise left tackle. Xavier McKinney is probably going to be a long-term safety for us. I don't know. It depends on what the price point is. Signing Bobby Okorike from the Colts it was a really good signing from Joe Shane. And then I think the Isaiah Thomas or Isaiah Simmons trade is a, is a good trade for us that I think we should maybe keep him around long-term. But I just like I, I don't want to be in like the patient boat. I, I would have much more respect for the Giants if we decided that we were actually trying to win fast than being on like this long term rebuild. And I think the better we do this year, the more games we win, which people are thinking that we might be able to beat the Eagles this this weekend. The more games we win this year, the worse we're gonna do next year. And I just can't live with that. I I I, I seriously, if we like if we run it back with Daniel Jones. I'm taking a hiatus. I'm going to pick a different team. <laughs> Reset. Okay, well, do you, Wyatt, so oh, do, you think, do, you, do you think Michael Penix won't fall to you, or you don't think Michael Penix is a jumping board player? I don't think he's a jumping board player. Uh, I don't really? know. Yeah, I mean, and I don't like to make picks on quarterbacks because you can always be wrong. But I think uh, as, like, a top five pick, I think that he is probably Tua. Uh, probably, you know, around that, uh, that vein. Accurate thrower, uh, but I don't think that we have the weapons for him to really be able to, like, shine. Uh, his greatest mm-hmm. asset right now is that he lets his guys, like, the, probably the the second or the best wide receiver room in the, in the country right now, he puts it in a position where they can go get it. And I think that, like, Joe Burrow, obviously, he's a great quarterback in his own right, but he excels because he has T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, and he's he's able to, to let them – uh, shine on their own right. And I think that Penix right now, if he were to go in and he's thrown to like Darius Slay, Slayton and Isaiah Hodgins and Wandell Robinson, I don't think that he's really going to do much for us. Michael Penix, his best fit 
is Atlanta, if you ask me. I think that, that that's the place that he should probably, if you've, I don't know where they're picking, but let's say the 8, 9, 10. He could be a top 10 pick, but I think Atlanta's probably more likely for him to go. For the Giants, I just don't think that they can do that with him. And I certainly think that Fields is better. Then, then would you choose? Would you choose if you had the option? If you're the Giants, would you choose Fields or Caleb? In terms of like, if you like, who would you rather? I guess the Bears take a chance on. Would you rather them keep Fields and let and trade that Caleb Williams pick to you, or would you rather Justin Fields? I would rather have Caleb Williams. But I, I, it's it's different for me because the Giants right now have the Daniel Jones thing looming around yeah. where they already have like the big contract and they already had to make a decision and all that. Mm-hmm. I would want the five years of like, yeah. of like not a single thought behind our mm-hmm. eyes at the quarterback position. Like where we're just like, okay, we're just going out there and he's going to be the guy regardless of whatever happens. I mean, and when with Justin Fields, like you got to ask the hard questions. I think the Bears are more equipped to be able to have an assessment and be able to feel comfortable going with Justin Fields past his first five years than maybe the Giants would be given like where we're at right now. Like we're, we're just like, we're really bad to be honest. Like, it's just like, is Fields going to be in a position where he can really be assessed through the Giants? I, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, they're going to have to make a lot of things happen correctly in order for us to really be able to say that Fields is a jumping board player and I think the Bears might be able to make a better decision on that yeah but I I think if you get Penix though he's going to a really good offensive coach similar to like what happened with Tua and sure they're not gonna have the same weapons but CJ Stroud doesn't we weren't talking about any of those Houston Texans wide receivers as being crazy weapons before Mm -hmm. and he didn't and he has a defensive head coach so who's to say Michael Penix can't make that same transition I mean it's a great unknown but I think that CJ Stroud I think his situation was a little underrated overall, especially just from like an O-line perspective. I think so. I, I think that, that that's a huge part of CJ Stroud's success. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I, I think that's true. I think in terms of the fields conversation though, the fact that he's known, I don't think is appealing. I'd rather go for an unknown at this point, not saying that field mm-hmm. doesn't fields doesn't have upside, but if the giants do go after fields, I think, it has to be like a, they give it a, a year, like a third round pick, and they're okay with jumping ship after a year. Because I don't think you need a, a, to get bogged down and trying to develop another QB who's not going to work out. Because maybe Fields does work out, but we can't give him forever, right, to, to prove it. Mm-hmm. So the Giants could give him next year, be okay with not having a great season, <clears throat> looking for upside. And then try and that, to pick and the quarterback after that. That's oh. why I think if they're going to get Fields, if they were to trade for it, right? They would have to go fields and a weapon, I think, at pick five. And really, yes, like, they, they can't go fields yeah. and then just be like, okay, go out there totally and agree. see if Desar- Darius Slayton is open. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I think, I think with Caleb Williams, <laughs> if you were to trade for Caleb Williams, you're like, okay, I have Caleb. It's probably not going to be very good this first year as far as mm-hmm. a weapon standpoint, but we have three or four more years to actually, like, yep. build that up. Where it's, it's, if you go fields, it has to be an aggressive offseason, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. The thing about, like, I, I can't cite my sources on this, but I remember reading recently something about how, in general, it's not, it's almost never worth it to trade up for a quarterback. It's just oh. in terms of, like, the draft capital that you have to give up. Maybe you saw the same thing, Lucas. Yeah, I saw a so, video on it that popped up on my YouTube. Oh, maybe it was a. Like about this. Yeah. So I just, 
like literally just look at the Panthers, right? Like they just traded, they got Bryce Young, and then they're still terrible this year. So I would just, I would personally be weary as a Giants fan. I mean, I guess my counterpoint would be look at the 49ers who have hit on every other position and then they've just been able to fill in the quarterback position as time goes on. Obviously, it's an incredibly important position, but they traded up several first-round picks to get Trey Lance and then they traded him for like a third or a fourth a couple years later and we're like, oh, whatever. (laughs) So I I think that, yeah, obviously, like you have to hit on everything else. You can't just go and be like, okay, well, we'll just – Maybe we'll hit fifty percent of our picks. You got to hit like a ninety percent rate, but it's not always a death sentence. I I, I totally agree. I, I think the thing is though is that Bryce Young trading up for him, he's not a jumping board player for me. I thought C.J. Stroud was. I thought that C.J. Stroud was significantly better, and I thought that Bryce Young, although talented, was a player who needed a system and, and some weapons around him. I think Caleb Williams kind of fits that script for me. Um, Drake May may also fit that script. I don't think Penix does. So it's just one of those things where if it's yeah. a jumping board player, I can I can get behind it. Yeah. I think like the Caleb's reputation, or I feel like I've never seen people talk about a quarterback the way they talk about Caleb in terms of like the which makes me worried about the trade package that he's gonna get. Or at least in like recent years, I feel like he's the most hyped number one quarterback. Yeah. And we saw the package, right, that, you know, the Panthers gave, which was a lot, right? So I'm kind of scared to imagine what the Caleb Williams package will look like. And so I I agree on the, it's definitely, if he's a sure thing, it's okay to pay up a little bit, Um, but it's going to be competitive. And if it doesn't work out, I feel like it could reset a franchise like for it, but a lot of years. I said, this, I said this last week or two weeks ago when we were on the podcast mm-hmm. about Ryan Poles. Ryan Poles, whether he drafts Caleb Williams or not, mm-hmm. or whether he keeps Justin Fields or not, his job is on the line based on the team success. And the quarterback plays a big part in the team success. But if they kept Justin Fields or they drafted Caleb Williams and then every other draft pick or signing that he made was a bad one, he would get fired anyways. So it's it's going to be the same way for a team that it's like, you know, regardless of whatever Caleb, wherever Caleb Williams goes, the GM is going to be judged based on all of the other pieces they put around him and all of that. So mm-hmm. it's not necessarily a point where it's like, yeah, maybe the hall might be too big. Whether or not like you organically or inorganically got Caleb Williams or had to pay a huge price for it, they could they could mess up everything else and still lose their job. So a good GM is going to make it work regardless. Yeah. I just think the opposite will be true for Poles, though, too, and that if he hits on every other pick but picks Fields over Caleb Williams and that turns out to be the wrong pick, it's over. As far like, I'm pretty sure that would be the end of his his mm-hmm. tenure if he incorrectly did that one. Right? Because, I mean, this is like a, this is a very pivotal, p- pivotal, pivotal moment for the Bears. <laughs> Either way. Well, speaking of teams that are also sort of at a pivotal moment, moving away from the Giants, we're going to look at the two teams that made the Super Bowl last year in our next segment, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles, both of whom seem to have taken a step back from last year. The Chiefs are struggling on offense. They did win their division, but they will not have the one seed for the first time in a little while. Um, And they're still looking for that number one target, a wide receiver with all the drops this year that they've had. Whereas the Eagles got off to a hot start this year. They're going 10-1. Um, but have lost four of their last five. The defense has looked really bad. 
Uh, the offense has been up and down, sometimes good, sometimes bad, but they have now played themselves likely out of the NFC East title unless the Commanders can somehow upset the Cowboys. Um, they'll have an easier first-round match against the NFC South, but they'll still face a tough path along with the Chiefs, who will be playing for the first time um, in the wild card round in a while. So, Bart, both these teams face a tougher, tougher path. Neither of them seem as good as last year. Do you have any confidence in either of them returning to the Super Bowl this year? I have a little more confidence in the Chiefs than the Eagles. I would say I have very, very little confidence in the Eagles, but uh, ultimately I, I, I don't see either of them making it back this year. Um, and you know how I'm going to start with this, as I always do. I ask, mm-hmm. what does Vegas say? Uh, Vegas <laughs> says they are the fourth and the sixth most likely teams to win it all. The Chiefs are fourth, Eagles are sixth. But if you look at their actual like percentages, like if you convert the money lines to odds, it's 10% and 8%. So... It's, it's, I don't think it looks good, and I would agree with that. Um, I just looked at, like, you know, offensively and defensively how they're holding up. So, like, let's start with the Chiefs. Um, and actually, Lucas, you touched on this a little. I was shocked by this stat. This, this could be the first year ever that Mahomes plays an away playoff game. He, mm-hmm. 14 playoff games, three of them were in the Super Bowl. The other 11 were all at Arrowhead. So that's nuts. That's, that, that's going to be one thing that they're going to have to overcome. Uh, offensively, like you mentioned, they took a step back this year a little bit. They're 10th in EPA. They were first last year. Like Kelsey hasn't looked quite the same. We saw all the craziness with Kadarius Tony and how bad he's been. Rashi Rice has been okay for them. He's been a bright spot, but otherwise, yeah, their wide receiver room is just not what it needs to be. And yet, like their offense isn't bad. I think it's just worse. It's not what we've come mm-hmm. to expect from the Mahomes Reed partnership. And so, I, you know, I think that might be part of the reason why it just seems like they're doing worse. But they're not actually bad. They're still like top 10 basically in everything. Uh, and defensively, their defense is actually elite. It's like top five in everything. So I, I think we talked about this at one point, actually, about how, like, imagine Mahomes with a good defense. That's so scary. And so it's funny that when that happens, their <laughs> offense finally takes a step back. So that would be the reason why I would say I'm a little higher on the Chiefs is because their defense is actually kind of elite. Uh, and yet, it just like they seem kind of more vulnerable this year. Like, you look at their schedule, and it just seems like there aren't that many compelling wins there. Uh, as far as the Eagles go... Like, again, their offense is still really, really good. Jalen Hurts has thrown more interceptions this year than last year, for sure, but otherwise basically the same. A.G. Brown's been complaining, but his numbers are basically the same. Devontae Smith's the same. Their offense is still really, really good, but you mentioned it earlier, Lucas, their defense is trash. Just god-awful this year, like bottom five and everything. And people talk about a lot of different things, like they lost Jonathan Gannon, right? That Matt Patricia is terrible, and everybody knows it now, and yet he's like their de facto coordinator their mm-hmm. secondary is just really not talented this year. Ultimately, I don't care what the reason is. Their defense is not going to win them a Super Bowl. And so I would say for that reason alone, it's like no question to me the Eagles will not make the Super Bowl. But you know what? I'm going to take it one step further. I'm just going to book it right now. Neither of them are going to make it. I, I feel confidently enough in a Ravens 49ers rematch from 2012, was it, or 2013. Yeah. Uh, I don't see either of these teams making it back. I think the Chiefs are well-rounded enough, but I just don't think they're good enough to get over the hump. So. That's where I would yeah. put them right now. With the Chiefs, it seems almost more like a vibes thing than anything. I mean, else they just don't have the same dominant feel as they do. And I know the stats support their offense being just as good, but with Kelsey struggling, Mahomes seems to be off. There was the whole thing at the end of the Bills game where he was complaining to Josh Allen. They don't just seem to have the same sort of Which was super dominant weird. winning mentality as like they did in the past. And so... I don't know. I I can see them obviously more likely than the Eagles making it, but 
I am. I think I'm with you, Bart. I don't think either of them will make it. As much as you know, I love the Eagles and would love to see them back. The defense has fallen off a cliff. They, their rushing defense was actually really good for the first half of the year. I think they were top ten. But since they made the switch to Matt Patricia, um, which I know Sean Desai had a few bad games as DC, uh, like the Cowboys game, the 49ers game. But before that, they had been relatively successful, albeit the schedule is easier. But since Matt Patricia's come in, it's just been horrific. Like, it's gotten worse, if that was at all possible. And I know they've struggled a lot with injuries. Um, Avante Maddox came back this week after a while. Slay's currently still out. But I think one of the big things I've, I was reading about this week, too, is they just haven't invested in the linebacker position Howie Roseman's whole sort of strategy is if we have a good front four, we can just kind of paper over any other cracks, which I guess in some ways makes sense, but the the linebacker play has just been so bad from them that they can't stop anybody. The secondary is playing awful, too. I, I've, when they played the Cardinals this past weekend, I don't think I've ever seen a game where I've had less confidence in a secondary ever stopping another team. Just every time they got the ball. The only time they really ever stopped them was they got lucky twice in the red zone, and then there was miscommunication on, on a Kyler Murray throw that they intercepted. But that wasn't even really Murray's fault. Like The secondary is horrific. Um, and so I think with that, there's just no way you can do anything if you're the Eagles. Like, yes, Hurts and Brown and Devontae Smith and DeAndre Swift uh, um, have been pretty much, I don't know, I wouldn't say quite at last year's level, but all very good. Obviously, Swift being a new addition this year, though. But, like, the offense isn't the problem. The offense could win them a Super Bowl if they didn't even anywhere competent defense, mm-hmm. but they do not. Maybe. So, the offense didn't do well in the games, though, where they played good teams either. They didn't do well against the 49ers. They didn't do well against the Cowboys. And they don't... Yeah, but they the like, Cowboys... I was watching a video uh, video on this from Brett Coleman, who, like, analyzes film, is they don't have, mm-hmm. like, an explosive, like, run or play action um, mm-hmm. scheme, which is why, like, Jalen Hurst is getting sacked a lot recently. Mm-hmm. It's because, like, the, re- the receivers just aren't getting open because they don't respect their play action. Defenses don't yeah, respect I... their play action. I'll... I'll... I guess revise it by saying I, don't, I think the Eagles have the offensive talent. I think the play calling this year has really let them down. Um, whether that be Nick Sirianni or Brian Johnson, it's never clear who is more in control and doing what. Sirianni <laughs> designs the plays, and Johnson. But Sirianni calls was a them, bad but... play caller before he handed it off to Steichen. Originally, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so it, I, that was that. Well, that's what, that's what I think the problem kind of is. I know you said the, there was a vibe yeah. thing with the Chief. I also think that there's a, a vibe thing with the Eagles oh. as well. For specifically sure. yeah. in a lack of confidence that at least maybe it's the people I follow or the people I listen to, but it seems like a general lack of confidence in the head coach and Nick, Nick Sirianni's ability to pull them through a rougher time because mm-hmm. I, I don't want to be too harsh because I, I don't necessarily like digging into people personally, but it does seem like a <laughs> really? lack no, of maturity uh, when it comes to the way that he leads. <laughs> Especially given the stark mm-hmm. difference between him and like Jalen Hurts and Jason Kelsey, who are very like calm and poised. And we might have talked about this on another episode. We've at least talked about it privately. Is that is that he's the only person who is as boisterous and as loud and as like in the camera and all that stuff as anybody. And he's the head coach. And every other player on the team, the leaders and all of that, are all pretty even keel, at least when they're talking to the press conference. So it, and it just seems odd that he's like the outlier in that and he's supposed to be the leader. And it, it doesn't feel like he's in a position where he can lead 
where he, he, he can go out there and pull them through and that Jalen Hurts is the one that has to do it and the coach is kind of an anchor. Yeah, I, I push but I do back think that, that Nick's here. Actually, yeah, oh yeah, I, yeah. I agree that I, I don't really like him. He seems kind of immature too. But his players seem to like him. Like AJ Brown this week had like quite a good defense for AJ Brown um, during like one of the little locker room press conferences, and that Sirianni Sirianni like publicly lied basically, and like took a heat on like um, some play call saying like we were trying to get a pass interference there. And he, like, took all the blame for it, where A.J. Brown was like, actually, that was me and Jalen's fault. We didn't run the right route or something something along those lines. So I think that shows a decent amount of leadership, at least from Sirianni. Maybe, like, sure, I, think, I don't like some of his sideline antics, but I think he, I think he does have – it seems like he's, he's been able to get some sort of buy-in with that culture, I think. And, yes, Jalen Hurts definitely – That's a point to buy in. I don't think you can be like, yeah, well, now the players are bought in because he took the blame. I think that that's like a classic leadership tactic where it's like, oh, don't, it's not my fault, guys. Or it's not their fault, guys. It's mine. Put the blame on me. Because I think that you can go through probably every head coach, and at some point they've had a press conference where they've said, it's my fault. You know, the, it always comes back to me. And I don't know if that necessarily means uh, that there's buy in, because I bet you Matt Rule has said that at some point, and he doesn't have a job in the NFL anymore. And I think that there's. Uh, plenty of other coaches who have been fired who would have – like Brandon Staley, I think, has said the same thing where it's like it all falls back on me. And I think that that's not necessarily a point that I would take to be like they're bought into him, that they they love this guy. Because I think that if I they think, loved him, they'd play harder. <laughs> you don't think? I think that – but I think the frustration with him isn't so much like the culture that they've created because I think – I mean, the la- his three years of results in the Eagles have – you know, been fairly successful in his first year. They went from being a very bad team to a playoff team that just snuck in as the wild card. Last year, they went to the Super Bowl. This year, I mean, it's fallen apart a little bit at the end, but they're going to be a playoff team. They should win their first playoff game. I think that, uh, and we'll see what happens from there. But I think that the frustration is not so much with the culture as it is with the, the off, like just like the scheming and the offensive play calling. Um, because, He's an offensive coach, so more so falls on him. And they've just had a lot of sort of baffling decisions recently. Like I know the one that comes up recently, or in the um, in the Cardinals game was it was tied. I think it was twenty eight twenty eight with like a few minutes left. They just recovered an onside kick. It looked like they were going to go down. They first and ten at like the twenty five or the thirty. They get a holding call. It comes back to first and twenty, and then they run two straight quarterback draws and a bubble screen, which and then they have to kick a field goal, which is especially frustrating given the fact that the defense hasn't been able to stop anybody. Um, so I think that there's been some like play calling difficulties there too. You saw it a little bit in the uh, the 49ers game too, and the the Seahawks game. But I don't know, and I want to push back Jared a little bit on the when they played good teams. Their offense hasn't looked good. I think a lot of them have been kind. Of, I think the Cowboys especially was fluky. They fumbled it three times um, in that game alone, and so I well, think they have that a fumbling problem. you know between yes, Jalen Hurts and sure. DeAndre Swift. I don't think that that's an outlier. I think that that's more more the trend. Okay, that's fair. But I think that, I don't know, in comparing Nick Sirianni to, I think he's very similar to Dan Campbell, and I don't know why he gets so much no hate way. and Dan Campbell gets all the love. I think they're the exact no, same archetype of because It's because Sirianni on the sidelines is just is just annoying. Like, he just does, like, antics and stuff. He's a front yeah, runner. Dan Campbell's also <laughs> annoying. Because he's a front runner. Dan Campbell Dan is not, not annoying. annoying at all. Dan Campbell is clearly passionate. He, he, he He's... But yeah, I think so. I think I think Dan Campbell is clearly passionate. Also, I think Dan Campbell as a as 
He hires good assistants. Uh, I mean, like, I do think that he's a better motivator. And I think Dan Campbell is far closer to Mike Tomlin, like one of those, like, what does he really do type coaches than Nick Sirianni (laughs) is to Dan Campbell. Because I I think that Nick Sirianni is totally, like, he was elevated by his his coordinators last year who clearly have, have, uh, other than Gannon, who's not necessarily a great team, but Shane Sykin looks like he was a real deal. And this is also not a case where they're like, they hired the wrong guy. They should. No team has ever in the history fired their head coach and hired their offensive coordinator ever. It, the The Falcons didn't do it when they had Kyle Shanahan. Um, the Commanders never did it when they had Kyle Shanahan. The Browns didn't do it when they had Kyle Shanahan. Tons of these teams you could look back and like, well, they hired the wrong guy. That's not the That's not the point I'm trying to make. But um, it's that like he had great coordinators from last year, and I think that we've completely elevated Nick Sirianni to the point where it's like, okay, well now he's a great leader of men and blah, blah, blah. And I don't think that that's the case. I don't think that that's well, the they're case. They're 11 and five this year. Also, they're they, 11 and five this year. It's not like they, they're, and four they've and gotten 12, smoked you know? by know. the other good teams. <laughs> they're 11 and five. And at every point there, this entire year, every player at a press conference has been like, we're not happy with the way that we're playing. But I don't think you can say that they haven't beaten good teams. They beat the Rams who are going to the playoffs. They beat the Chiefs who are going to the playoffs. They beat the Cowboys who are going to the playoffs. They beat the Bills who are going to go into the playoffs. They've had a rough few weeks for sure, and things have fallen apart largely because the defense has totally collapsed. But I don't think you can put that all on Sirianni yeah. at this point. Also, He's the head like, coach. You have you to know, put it all on him. Yeah, as we've been over. Yeah, that's fair to some extent. <laughs> but in terms of the assistance conversation that he was elevated by them last year, I mean, sure, but he hired them. Right? Like, they both yeah. joined Steichen and Gannon. Both came in with Sirianni in 2021. Yeah. So, like, yeah, maybe he hasn't hired as well the second round. But it's not like he did well. <laughs> and NFL teams hired his assistants as head coaches as a result. You know, he's got to exactly. do better next time. But I don't yeah, feel like and that, But that happens to teams all the time. That happens yet. to all teams all the time where if they're good enough, they hire new assistants. And it happens to the Chiefs pretty. It happened to the Chiefs pretty often. It's gonna to happen to the 49ers all the time. Where like mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan, he's it always gonna have a. They, I mean, it happens yeah. to them. It, they they've lost yep. several defensive coordinators. They lost their offensive coordinator um, to Miami and all of that. And they're still yep. good. And yep. I think that that's kind of a point where it's like, and and this is gonna be a thing when when it comes to Dan Campbell and all that. F- funny enough, Mike Tomlin never gets head coaches poached from him, which is kind of interesting. Um, he doesn't really have great offensive <laughs> assistance, but. Like Dan Campbell, at some like Ben Johnson will probably get a head coaching job this year, and we're gonna see how good of a coach Dan Campbell is when it comes to hiring assistants or leading men or whatever. Yep. Um, next year, when when he has to do it without him, but it happens to teams all the time where they lose a coordinator or a talented person. And of course, when you have talented people, they cost more, and eventually they're gonna go away. The problem with Sirianni is that he's not a good play caller, and this offensive system doesn't seem to be very good. And it's just like a point where it's like. What where where is he get involved or he takes it over? Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan they call the plays. They're the people who are leading the charge when it comes to that. When it comes to that, and I know that the offense isn't necessarily the problem. It's also not the solution to them right now because they haven't been good in the last couple of weeks either. Yeah, I'm just saying that I think we're being a little hasty with the judgment here. Like Kyle Shanahan's had bad years, right? With the Niners, where yeah. they've been down. I just pulled up like, his historical record. So I, I, I just feel like it's it's one year. If this becomes a pattern, if he you know fires you know defensive coordinators after this year and next year they're also bad on that, I think that's it's fair to be more critical on him. I'm just not convinced yet that it's an actual pattern. But it's also like it's not like the Eagles are four and twelve. They're eleven and five. They had yeah. a good year. Yeah. It's just compared to how dominant they were basically all of last year. It's a little less clear, 
But they've still been very good this year. The Cardinals' loss is, you know, unforgivable. That's bad. But they have wins <laughs> over good teams this year. Like they beat, like I said before, they beat the Chiefs, who are the Chiefs. Although down, they're going to win their division. They beat. They've beaten three division champions. They were going to beat the Cowboys, the Bills, and the Chiefs all this year. They beat the Rams, who are a playoff team. They beat the Bucks. Bucks four, likely four division champions. It's like I think they've been a very good team this year. Um, they just have fallen apart a little bit in the last few weeks. I I think part of it might be due to the fact that I mean part of it is largely due to the fact that the defense that the defense which was like pretty good early in the year has just fallen off the face of the cliff. But they had a brutal schedule where in like in back to back weeks they played the Rams, um, the Dolphins, the Cowboys, the Chiefs, the Bills, the 49ers, the Cowboys again, uh, all within the span of like eight weeks. I think that probably beats you up a little bit and is like the most difficult stretch of schedule any NFL team has seen this year. So it's a combination of the bad defense that, but they're still 11 and five. They're still going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I don't I think don't you care can about the 11 and tear five. down Sirianni. And it sounds because a couple <laughs> years ago we saw the Steelers go 12 and 0 and nobody believed in them at all. Nobody was like, this team is going to win the Super Bowl. And <clears throat> I know the Florida state didn't lose, but all year we were waiting for Florida State to lose a game so we could finally be like, see, they're not as good as we think they are. And I don't think the record necessarily says this is a good team. Plus, Aiden, to your point about, oh, we're only a couple years in, this has been like the Eagle standard since they fired Andy Reid. Chip Kelly was there for two years. He got fired. Doug Peterson was there for four years. He won a Super Bowl, and he got fired. And Nick Sirianni at this point is going to finish his like third year. And going into next year at the very least, he's on watch. There, like it, there's a there's entirely a chance next year if this season ends awfully with a first round exit or they get embarrassed in some way because of a poor system to some degree that he ends up getting the boot. I just think it's a little too early. I mean, you know what? I also think we hype up Kyle Shanahan too much. Shanahan's never won anything. Um, <laughs> he has the he's exact the, same one of the best first offensive season. coaches in the league. He's never yeah, won anything. He's, he's been there. He's won an NFC championship. He's won multiple division titles at this point, I'm sure. But okay, Eagles sure, then so, so is Nick Sirianni. <laughs> yeah, right, so that's what I'm saying. I'm like, he's done exactly the okay, same. So then you're he's done exactly as far as Nick Sirianni. You're saying Sirianni hasn't won anything either. So, no, I am I guess, saying that. I'm yeah. just saying that, like, I don't take, know why we're also yeah, why not having the Shanahan. same. Why is our benchmark Shanahan if they've done the same thing? Okay, so if the 49ers called and they said, we trade or we want to trade Nick Sirianni for Kyle Shanahan straight up, you would say no? Would you say no? I don't. <laughs> I think about it. I just what? Like, <laughs> if you like, I just think that like Shanahan has never gotten it done in the playoffs, really either. And I don't. I know Sirianni hasn't. Well, but I mean, I don't know. He had bad years. Like, imagine if they gave up on him the year after the 49ers went to the Super Bowl. The in twenty twenty, the Forty ers went six and ten. I know it's a weird year because it was the it's pandemic coming. year and all that. Yeah, but still, <laughs> they they went six and ten. Like, I think that we're all too quick to dismiss Sirianni. And if Shanahan is his benchmark, then he's arguably been better than Shanahan in his first however many comparable seasons. Shanahan was hired in 2017 and was six and ten. They he got Jimmy worse. Garoppolo. For... He had Jimmy Garoppolo, like Nick Mullins, like Gilbert Grape, right. all these people. The Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, he has Brock Purdy right now. Like, <laughs> I don't Garrett know. Yeah, all I'm saying is that, yeah, I think that if we're comparing him to Shanahan, he's been better in his first seasons than Shanahan has been, has gotten to the same point. I don't know why he's on watch, but Shanahan is is not. Specifically this year? Yeah. Because Shanahan's the one. I mean, okay, 
Okay, that's okay. That was the wrong and way. I, and I also but think I don't that know. Shanahan has a has a far more proven success of elevating teams. And I, I know that his roster is stacked right now, but Brock Party was Mister Irrelevant. Jimmy Garoppolo was not necessarily very good. And if you have at least a competent quarterback, they're they're going to be in contention for one or two in the NFC title game. And I just I just think, mm-hmm. like, yeah, you look at the the resume. Maybe I've watched the games. And I can see a stark difference that Kyle Shanahan is significantly better than Sirianni. And I just don't know if Sirianni has any tricks up his sleeve whatsoever. And Aiden, by the way, I just think about the coordinator thing. He also made the choice to move on to Matt Patricia as a defensive play caller. That they, yeah, that, that was they a bad fact. I, I agree with you. Matt Patricia has been bad. awful for years. I'm not, I'm not he's been, he's been, he's been <laughs> an awful head coach. Or not head coach, but he's been an awful defensive coach. He's Forever. been awful everywhere he's gone. And yeah. Was he an mm-hmm. offensive coordinator at some point? And he was bad too at that. Last yeah. year for the Patriots, yeah. Yeah. Right? He was a co-offensive coordinator, <laughs> I think. I don't know what the, the situation really was. <laughs> I think he's just a yeah, scapegoat. Yeah, what's going on with the Patriots? You know, you know, like, yeah, exactly. And maybe he's running out of scapegoats. <laughs> I, know, I, mean, I know. He's already de facto fired a coach in the middle of the <laughs> season. He has an, he's to his next scapegoat. And then his other scapegoats last year was Jonathan Gannon, where everyone was like, good riddance and then it turns out that they actually should have kept him not kept him but they did need him after all well people liked Gannon right and I think people got mad at Gannon after the Super Bowl because he came out and said afterwards that he wasn't fully mentally there like he had already agreed to an interview with the Cardinals so I think that the yeah that's bad or like not agreed to but like was his mind because the Super Bowl was in Phoenix and so there was like things happening at the time and he publicly admitted to that so I think Gannon was widely liked for most of the season and then those sort of comments especially when they then gave up 38 points in the super and then bowl everybody were blamed him turned. for it everyone blamed him for the loss yeah not all and on now him. the philly, the philly admit- fan base the philly fan base too is like the toughest ever like they're they're like booing their team that just went to a Super Bowl like at halftime, like it's crazy. They're they are so they're rough. playing yeah, poorly. Which is, by the way, <laughs> yeah, you guys so dumb. Lucas and Aiden have. We can have this conversation. Or, yeah, we can yeah. have this debate for hours. If you're playing bad, you should get booed. I'm sorry. You're I'm a positive millions of dollars. Kind of this is part of the deal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just paid thirty dollars for a popcorn and beer. I have the right to boo. <laughs> boo the owner, then, not the team. That's the owner's fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's funny though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alright, any concluding thoughts on the Eagles or the Chiefs? We kinda of got away from the Chiefs for a while there. <laughs> There's not much to say about the Eagles the are Chiefs, more interesting. To be honest. I just the think Eagles that yeah. With the Chiefs it's like they're just gonna have to hope that they play some clean football for the next couple of weeks. I don't know if they're they're not gonna get to where they were. There's nobody on that team yeah. that can get to the where, where they were last year. And even Travis Kelsey has seemingly taken a step back. So I, I think that the Chiefs are basically going to have to hope for a top five to three defensive performance, no turnovers, and they win a game 21-20, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right. We'll wrap up our NFL talk there and move on to a little bit of a celebration. This is episode week something 200 of the podcast. I don't know how we're defining it exactly, but because uh, we've well, times recorded multiple episodes, but this is our 200th recording session of the podcast. Uh, big, big time. So we're going to go through, go through, reflect on all our years doing this podcast. Um, I guess with some focus on the last, you know, hundred or so, at least on my end. Um, and just 
hand out some superlatives. We each have been assigned one. I do realize that I gave myself maybe the easiest because I did the stats and I always do the stats, but I, you know, here we are. Um, so I'll do best podcast listening stats. Aiden will do the takes that most age like milk. Uh, so poorly. Wyatt will do the takes that most age like wine. So well, Bart is going to rank our five best episodes and Jared is going to talk about our favorite recurring segments. Um, so I'll start with some podcast listening stats. Um, so we only have stats from Podbean, our current podcast hosting platform, which we got to, which we started on a little less than a year ago, last March, um, due to my first stat, which is sponsorship deals lost because of collapsed podcast networks that we're part of. Stands at <laughs> <laughs> at one. So I figure that was worth noting because. Um, it, it did happen. It did mean we had to change platforms and then change back. Um, so Podbean has a lot of stats. I went through a few of them. Um, we were listened to 13 countries, or we had or we had downloads in 13 countries over this past 10 months. Um, I'll Venmo somebody like a buck if they can guess our top three uh, countries. Okay. They're all I guarantee United all States, random. Singapore, and Czechoslovakia. <laughs> oh, you, you got two or three. <laughs> Dang. Okay, so, okay, Singapore. so it's not Singapore, yeah. <laughs> Singapore is one of them, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, okay, when we went through these last time, I think that was a, a hundred. It was it was the U.S. and U.K. were one and two, right? And then Germany was fourth. So, mm-hmm. is it U.S., U.K., Singapore? Hit me. No. <sighs> Ireland. No. France. No. Wyatt, you want to guess? You want to throw in a country since everybody else is Germany? had one? No. They're fourth. Germany is fourth. Still. Okay. You, could, you can all guess this based on some specific like life circumstances that have happened. Italy? Oh, Italy. Yeah, oh, Italy. shit. Oh. <laughs> so, of course. I don't know how many of those are Italians and how many of those are just yeah. <laughs> me and Ingrid both downloading, having it set to automatic downloads. You're but... marketing us out there. You're hitting the payment hard for us. Yeah, exactly. I was. <laughs> yeah, so we've had downloads in 13 countries. The USA has 54% of all our downloads. Singapore has 37.82% of all our downloads. Um, Italy has 3.68. I really don't know how the Singapore thing happened. One morning I just woke up and looked at the podcast stats, and there were like a hu- like hundreds of downloads from Singapore. <laughs> um, so anyway, Germany was fourth at 1.49%. India after that at 1.03%, Canada 0.69, the UK 0.34, the Netherlands 0.34, Australia 0.11, Brazil 0.11, Kenya 0.11, and then Poland 0.11. So, 13 countries of them. So, unfortunately, we don't get usernames for listeners like we did on SoundCloud. I remember Supreme Slime (laughs) (laughs) made an appearance as our biggest listener last time. But you do get what platforms episodes were downloaded from, uh, which I thought was interesting. Um, So, I I included that in here. Um, Number one was unknown, so that doesn't really help. (laughs) 39% 39% of our 39% of our episodes were downloaded from an unknown source or 39.89%. Um 35.29% were from Apple Podcasts. So Apple Podcasts next. Spotify at 13.33%. Google Chrome at 5 
Google Chrome is 5.40%. I don't know how you yeah, do download a podcast directly from Google Chrome. <laughs> <laughs> Next is Amazon Music Products at 2.41%. I remember when I activated Podbean, it's like, do you want to put this on Amazon Music for free? No, I just hit sure. So, my goodness, 2.4%. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> Next is iTunes, which I don't know how that's different from apple podcasts they're paying 129 per each episode <laughs> <laughs> i have not seen a cut of that so that's unfortunate if people are um 0.92 percent uh firefox point zero or 0. 0.8 percent we're downloading from firefox again i don't know how exactly that works but um next is alexa enabled devices is 0.46 percent um, then CF Network, which I don't know what that is, is 0.3%. Chromecast devices, 0.3%. Bullhorn, 0.2%. Castbox, 0.2%. Uh, iOS Player, 02 And Winamp, 01 So what about Tidal? Like, I don't know. What I mean, no Tidal. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's it. Oh. Wait, Aiden, which did you give a little cheer for? Sorry, I saw that out of the corner. Oh, no, it's Bullhorn. I was just imagining that's just a Bullhorn. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, somebody was playing it out of a Bullhorn. (laughs) And then we had our five most downloaded episodes is the last thing I included since we switched to Podbean. So it's not all time. It's just in the last 10 months. Uh, Number five is College Football Playoff Scenarios and Notre Dame Season Review. Um, Number four is the state of the Atlanta Falcons and our early season MLB headlines. Uh, third is college football's Mount Rushmore and which F1 team has been the most embarrassing. Um, second is why fans don't actually like Cinderella stories and why Joel Embiid is the MVP. And number one is Notre Dame's loss to Clemson, NFL power rankings, and the Minnesota Vikings rebuild. Interesting. So... It was pretty tightly spread. That our most listened to episode was only two point oh six percent of all the downloads. So it's not like we had one runaway winner. But that was it. Consistent product. We have a consistent product. <laughs> all right. So those are some stats. Unless anybody has any other thoughts, I will move on to Aiden. Uh, so Aiden, what are our takes over the last two hundred episodes that have most aged like milk? Okay, so I, I definitely missed some, um, but I have like two per person that I'm gonna go through. Plus some honorable okay. mentions. We're gonna go in alphabetical order, so I'll get myself out of the way um, first, okay. thankfully. Um, so one to start in the episode, the quarter bachelor, which I should have had dates for. Um, we're mm-hmm. grading NFL head coaches. I gave the Nathaniel Hackett hire for the Broncos an A. Um, <laughs> we all know this turned into one of the worst head coaching jobs in the history of the NFL for some people. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. not gonna name names. Um, I'm also pretty sure that I said I was okay with the Jets hiring him as offensive coordinator even after that. So I don't learn my lesson. Um, okay, the second, my, my second awful age like milk take. Oh, and I had multiple in this one. I was really on a roll in this episode. In week one <laughs> NFL quarterback battles in the first AP top 25 of the college football season back in 2022. Uh, first, we were talking about the Seahawks. I said that I really don't expect Geno Smith to thrive. Um and I think the Seahawks <laughs> offense will be too anemic to not switch to Drew Locke at some point. Um, so I'm one of the people that Geno Smith did not write back to 
Really. <laughs> yeah. but, you wrote them off. Yeah, but anyway, I wasn't as as alluded to. I wasn't finished that episode yet. I still <laughs> should have shut my mouth <laughs> after that one. Um, but when talking about teams that were overrated, underrated in the uh, first AP poll, I said that Georgia was overrated since they've lost a ton of people. Um, they then went fifteen and zero and massacred TCU in the final. I also said that I would not be surprised if A and M made it into the playoffs. That's a tough look. And they went five and seven, and I think won two nice. games in SEC play. Um, so so nice, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, an honorable mention for me, just to throw another fun one in. Um, when asked which new NFL head coach had the best shot at success in twenty twenty one, I said not Dan Campbell and laughed. Um, and dissed him for being the <laughs> coach. And then my serious, my serious answer was Arthur Smith. Um, so anyway. <laughs> so, oh. Wait, Aiden, before you go on, what was your process for this? Like, how did you yeah. find these? Um, I searched through all the episodes for hot takes originally. So I picked out all of uh-huh. those. And then I just went through all the titles and was, like, mm. looking for things that looked spicy or looked like things mm. that, you know, would potentially be surprising two years later. Um, mm. But... I listened to a lot of parts of episodes <laughs> last <laughs> night. Anyway, um, okay, for, we're moving on to Bart, who is next um, in the episode, and this should probably be a clue, why the Bears should trade Robert Quinn and the 49ers messed up by trading for Christian McCaffrey. Um, uh. It's not about Robert <laughs> Quinn. <laughs> um, but anyway, Bart, when asked about the 49ers trading for McCaffrey, said, I do not love this move. Not a big fan. Um, how much better is he going to make their offense? Um, as good as he was on the Panthers, he never made them actually good. Uh, so <laughs> didn't didn't age yes. great. Um, the second yeah. one is less about the the actual take itself, but the uh, fervor of the take. In a uh, college football preseason superlatives and NFL training camp stars, we had a cash or trash about Allen Robinson going to the Rams. Will he have a breakout season? Bart said yes, which I'll get into more later. It ended up not being true. He had 304 yards receiving in 10 games, then got injured. Didn't live up to the hype. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, um, Bart, the quote, when asked, um, will he have a breakout season, said, humongous cash, easy cash, easiest cash I've ever been asked in cash or trash. He's going to be great. hilarious. (laughs) Um, So anyway, love the enthusiasm, but yeah, that one one didn't really work out. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, I'm not going to throw in Kirk Cousins as the top eight quarterback because, uh, you know. I'm gonna I think that was aged fine. What one is aged? What is in between milk and water? Yeah, exactly. It's like it's, um, aged. Banana? <laughs> yeah, it's aged like a banana. <laughs> yeah. And after two years, like, uh, anyway. <laughs> Do you do you have because I have I have one that I've I was reminded of while looking through episodes as well. But if you have more, no, go for it. No, okay. There's just the 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 time when I called Aaron Rodgers a game manager, and then right before his MVP, his first MVP season, like three years ago or whatever. And then you weren't ever that was that was a rough look. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, the YouTube comment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An iconic. Do you remember? Do you remember when we had when we did the YouTube? Yeah, the YouTube. Uh, yeah, our YouTube page. I'm sorry. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, that really was an iconic YouTube comment, though. Um, yeah, I'll see if I can find it. Hold on. Yeah, Bart. He, yeah, it didn't keep Bart going, but I'm going to try and find the it. Podcast for mm-hmm. indefinitely after that one. We let him back into the facility eventually. Be back up. But okay, moving on to Jared takes. Um, we got. 
2021 NFL hot clap takes clap only claps. Um, <laughs> Wyatt said, Wyatt led into this. Um, we knew what was coming. He said, you can hear his tinfoil hat crinkling as he moves around <laughs> before Jerry gave his take. And Jared's take was that Ian Book is this draft class's Josh Allen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was this was when there was reporting that multiple teams were calling about Ian Book, which I don't I don't know who leaked this news, but Ian Book wasn't like gonna make the roster, but there was news from ESPN that multiple teams were calling. Um, with that said, he did start a game, which uh, broke someone else's. Um, hot take or, or book it. Wyatt said in the NFL overreactions rookie QB edition, he booked that Ian Book will never be the Saints starting quarterback. And I'm sure he really regrets that because he proved you wrong and started that one game. Uh, when everybody on the team was injured or had COVID and Ian Book got to start. Also, I, f- I found... I found the comment, and the guy started defending Derek Carr and the Raiders in the comments after, so I don't yeah, know how exactly. much authority he has. Yeah, exactly. went out the window. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, okay. The other Jared hot take I have on here, in a Tyreek Khalil and the impact of player mobility on the NFL. The Dolphins, this was when Tyreek Hill was traded to the Dolphins. Jared said, banking on the fact that Tua will be Bama Tua if he gets an elite receiver. I don't think that's going to transfer Win now, I don't see that for them. I don't understand it from Tyree Kill's perspective or from the Dolphins' perspective. And he's got odds to have the best two seasons of his career. So Yeah, that's true. He he took you you out on that one. Um, I have a couple honorable mentions. Um, Sleeping on Trask was the episode, so again, (laughs) the the segment was Florida Gators QB Kyle Trask is this year's Russell Wilson slash Tom Brady. (laughs) 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 i knew jared was a fan i didn't realize it went that far the quote i have he hasn't got his chance yet to be yeah exactly that's no that's fair that's fair but jared's answer was i would be shocked if he doesn't do something special in the nfl um so again still his time Uh, (laughs) he's still yeah still in his rookie deal um and the last one, we gotta gonna drag you through the mud for for Jokic, an honorable mention. Uh, but NBA hot topics is Luca better than Jokic, and was basketball better in the '90s? You just argued for the fact that Luca was better than better than Jokic during the 2022 playoffs, which I think we can say was was false at this point. That one, no. But, we're gonna have this argument again yeah (laughs) no but my favorite part of it was that the description of the episode (laughs) says jared argues luca is more of an mvp than Jokic. lucas aiden and bart attack him with advanced metrics (laughs) 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 i remember with the ian book start there was a really funny meme where it was like patrick and he was like good morning Crusty crab, and then he gets like hit by like just like a beam of energy, and, like, and it's like Ian Book's first start because he just immediately like threw a pick six. Exactly. <laughs> it was really funny. Uh, oh my god, <laughs> Ian Book. Anyway, okay. <clears throat> Moving on to Lucas. Um, we've got in the episode the magic shouldn't have. T- this I don't know actually how bad this is. The magic shouldn't have taken Paolo Bancaro, and nobody wants Kyrie Irving or Russell Westbrook. Lucas said to Paolo Bancaro being taken first. I think they made a mistake. They over- overthought it and picked someone who's a reach the position. I don't think he's the most NBA-ready or the guy with the highest ceiling. 
and then he won rookie of the year and the magic are a bit of a surprise team this year so yeah we'll that was a bad take yeah, so yeah. far you know, I... unless jabari smith really um yeah that was we'll, we'll see um could we'll happen see. okay the other one and there were a couple bad takes in this episode but drew lock for mvp <laughs> and other nfl oh, hot wow. takes <laughs> 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 Credit for That's being an all-time hot. iconic yeah, exactly. episode. <laughs> exactly, an all-time iconic episode. Dark Horse MVP in 2020 for Drew Locke. Odds were plus uh, 12,500. Um, yeah, didn't, didn't... <laughs> <laughs> I guess I wanted to take a real splash. Yeah, no, exactly. So credit, credit due there. It didn't really work out. He finished 29th out of 34 qualified QBs in QBR. He did beat out world beaters like Nick Mullins and Sam Darnold. So he's got that going for him. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to rank that as a worse take than Gardner Minshew, who is another dark horse MVP. Mm-hmm. He had worse odds, plus 15,000, but he was only 27th in QBR at the end of the season. Oh, um, okay. Hey, Minshew's uh, playing well for the Colts, too. That's know, true. Yeah, Honestly, is... Gardner's, like, you know, respect on, he's on Gardner's. He's got a nice little career for him. Um, but during, that, during your take, Jared... Um, you said he will carry the Jags this year, and Wyatt said in response, "They'll have the number one pick next year." And Wyatt was right. Um, so, okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sorry, who was that about? So, who was that about? Um, about the, the, Jags the Jags in twenty twenty one, twenty twenty. So yeah, hmm. they got Trevor Lawrence after that. Uh, but yeah, in Lucas's defense and Jared's defense, I had Josh Allen as my dark horse MVP, which couldn't oh. have even been dark horse at the time. Uh, Wyatt had Deshaun Watson. <laughs> Um, which was not dark, um, and well, dark in another form. But anyway, um, so oh. we didn't. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, that's so. Those weren't the most dark horse <laughs> takes of all time. <laughs> but okay, my honorable mention for Lucas, and this is you're going down with Wyatt on this one. I know this is going to start an argument. Um, during the early season MLB <laughs> contenders and the worst sports jerseys of all time. The infamous 1976 White Sox jerseys, which had shorts. Yes, they're great. No, <laughs> they're great. No. They're cool. Thank you for mentioning that. Yeah, that's wrong. I did an Instagram poll on this, too, after this episode. I forget what the results were, but they're you cool. You conveniently forget about them. Yeah, exactly. I'll tell you what the results were, Lucas. 100% not a fan. And I'll, yeah. I'm going to get my phone real quick. Continue on. Yeah, Bart yeah, had some quotes on, on that episode. He said, they look like school children. Looks like middle school gym class. Um, Wyatt said a couple tweaks and it's fire. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. Just Maybe they'll pants. You do the pants. Pants. Back at some point. They had, the problem yeah, was the pants. It was like the, pants. That, the, that really was yeah. the, <laughs> the worst aspect. Okay. And finally, we're going to end with Wyatt. Um, in the episode, is Jordan cool? Yeah, exactly. Actually, okay. <laughs> I, I found one when um, I was anyway. looking on our Instagram for quotes. I found one that. Is, yeah, I want to hear if anyone else says ones that they remember being awful after this, because they're definitely some I missed. Um, but anyway, for Wyatt, in the episode, is Jordan Poole on the road to superstardom? He said, by the time he's 27, why can't he run a championship-level team? He's lived up to the big moments. That's what champions are made of. He's not 27 yet, so I don't know. The Wizards could still we be still a championship-level team. Yeah, three in more years now. So, exactly, right? I don't think it's, it's going to happen anymore, but... <laughs> And then Bart and Lucas were skeptical in their takes on, on Jordan Poole, and Jared then shaded the hell out of them and said, you always look better if you're cautious, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you do? Name of the game. Up. Exactly. That's the name yeah. of the game when we make hot takes. Can I interrupt? Oh, God. By... No, nope, nope, we're not letting him interrupt. I found the Instagram poll. 
Seventy-one percent the said they're fans. Good. But look at the picture. That's ridiculous. There's no the shorts yeah, you can't aren't see the shown shorts. in the picture. This is <laughs> yeah. well, that's not my fault that Instagram makes. Nope, that's you your can fault. only fit so much on the screen. <laughs> that was it is your fault. Yeah. You can change Wait, it. We are right? tossing this out. You you want me to do this again? No, <laughs> don't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, okay, and the the second Wyatt age like milkshake. And this was a whole series of, um, of things. But in Lewis <laughs> Hamilton, Tim Duncan, and why we undervalue class act athletes, um, we had a power rankings. And this was back in late 2021. He placed the Colts at number three on our power rankings on December. That was I remember I this. I forgot about yes. all the Colts. <laughs> three, weeks, the three weeks later, the playoffs began. There were 14 teams in the playoffs. Guess who was not one of them? They were on a heater. <laughs> number three they Colts. Were on a <laughs> they were That's on a funny. heater. I, I actually still stand they on They kind that. of were, and then they lost their last three games. I still stand for on that. last two games. I'll tell you what. If the Giants move, keep Daniel Jones, I'm going to become a Colts fan next year. I'm just gonna root for them. <laughs> they're, they're baked into yeah. my, being one of my teams. You you honestly have a lot of yeah. One of the honorable mentions mm-hmm. I have, I think this is the only honorable honorable mention I have for you, um, is that you said that Jacob Eason in a couple years we'll look back and ask ourselves how we slipped so far. I don't know your definition for a couple of years yet. is, yeah. but yeah. Is <laughs> yeah. he in the league? Probably not. <laughs> Hold I, on. Maybe. No, he's on the Giants. Yeah. There we go. Jared, to your, <laughs> he's following you around, exactly. Jared, to your credit, you were fervently opposed to um, Jacob Esau being good. I mean, you, you know, sometimes you just got to press some yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. That episode mm-hmm. was also the beginning. Maybe it wasn't the beginning. Um, the uh, post-NFL draft special was the beginning of Lucas's Justin Herbert skepticism. Lucas was skeptical mm. from the beginning. Um and I Jared. was right. Still really good. But it was like immediate. You just had something against Justin Herbert. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, the best part about the takes are the wording are the wording of them. I think exactly. Back how did he slip so far? That's that's really far enough. One of my favorite. I was looking through our Instagram to find some quotes um, from me. And mo- sorry, our Instagram is mostly me. But it's there isn't any evidence <laughs> that Mike White can't be the guy. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> I forgot about there. that. Who's, who is that? Is that, the, is that the Jets quarterback? That was the Jets, Jets quarterback. quarterback. Yeah. Like the Dolphins backup <laughs> QB. Yeah. Oh, I like Mike White, though. <laughs> I wish we had Mike White this year. Jesus. Uh, yeah. Anyway. This is one that's fluctuating uh, from Lucas. In hindsight, Trevor Lawrence is a second round pick. Which is, which is probably a little dramatic. That. Yeah, you did. It's a little dramatic. Uh, but it's, it's fluctuating. <laughs> Okay, it's fair. He's yeah. been up yeah. and down, as I will say. Um, but anyway, that's all the takes I had. If anyone has any terrible ones they want to throw out or remember, go for it. But... Not off the top of my head. Yeah, we have a. We have a. And the, I was checking book. the book it dog, and we ha- every pretty much everybody made a book it about what the Broncos were going to do this year yeah, except for Aiden. I saw that. And it, we're all like in like, if they win, if they win, like half of us will be right. If they lose, exactly. Yeah, right. the, so, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, who do they play tomorrow? The Raiders um, or the Chargers? Okay. Yeah. Well, whoever they play, if it's not the Chiefs, they could Raiders. Win. Yeah, they could win. Raiders. That. I think it has to be. Me and Lucas, I think, said nine games and Wyatt and Wyatt said like five games. No, the, yeah, Wyatt was the most pessimistic for sure. Bart said That's eight. the one that Lucas is is trying to 
do two things at once on because he also said Sean Payton will win at most five in his first season or whatever it was. <laughs> oh. So Lucas yeah, is already yeah, wrong. Should, and yeah. right. <laughs> but, but I'm <laughs> also already right. So. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All right. Uh, Wyatt, you're up next. You have our, our takes that most age like wine, the opposite, our best takes. I, well, I apologize because Aiden came with a bunch of stuff, so I, it's kind of hard for me to follow that up. Um, but I was looking. Uh, Lucas, let's start with you. I don't know if this was a slam dunk hire for USC in regards to Lincoln Riley, who at the last couple of years has been kind of iffy in regards to, although they've been talented offensively, it is his job to build up a defense. You said he's never built a program from the ground up and he's standing or he was handed the keys to a mansion by Bob Stoops, (laughs) which right now has been proven correct. I'm proud of myself. That's a good one. I forgot the missing that. Nice. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Bart obviously gets all the credit for anything Jokic related because you were uh, <laughs> you were certainly the advocate on this podcast, but you were probably ahead of the curve even publicly in regards to him being one of the best two best players in the league. Uh, because mm-hmm. you know a- after he won that championship, he was highly regarded as the best player in the league well before that, and we have a a whole dossier of, of Bart giving his advanced analytics. Oh, let's uh, go. I don't have it, but I mean, like he, he oh. has, he has everything. It exists. Yeah, it exists. Yeah. And there are several episodes that span that, that would give Bart tons of credit yeah. for naming yeah. Jokic the best player. Right. In the league. Yeah. yeah. He was scouting him back when he was in Serbia. Pre NBA, Bart couldn't shut <laughs> oh, yeah. up. Oh you know, yeah. High school, high school oh, Bart yeah. was really plugged into that, Yeah. Once Luca wins his NBA championship when he's like 35 and a role player, I'm I'm claiming that one though too. <laughs> no, Luca Luca Loki has been like potentially better this season, but anyways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> to, our, to our listeners, why I just showed a quote on Instagram of someone saying it's a mistake not to activate Ian Book. <laughs> I think that was was me that you? Too. Did I guess that, that right? Yeah, that was Lucas. Um, my greatest take is in regards to Justin <laughs> Jefferson. And I said that Justin Jefferson, and this is like a retroactive take. I said that Justin Jefferson is no consolation prize and that he is my dark horse offensive rookie of the year candidate. And obviously he mm-hmm. did not win it that year over Justin Herbert. However, he has been fantastic have, along the way, and he probably should have at that point. So I, I'm yeah. baked into being Justin Jefferson's first supporter. That was that was a great take. That was true. Yeah, that's advanced scouting right there. <laughs> um, Jared, you said players' careers end pretty quickly, and I'm afraid that's happening to Derek Carr, well before his his ultimate demise this year, uh, where I think that this has probably been the worst year of his career. So and it's 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 been tough, but you were well ahead of the curve. That was back when he was on the Raiders, before he had moved on to the Saints and uh, absolutely crumbled. And Aiden, I had one for you. I got to figure out where I just put that. For the most part, honestly, we speak a lot uh, of like hard facts and numbers. So it becomes really tough for us to to find. I didn't listen to a whole bunch of episodes mm-hmm. to find it. Somebody vamp and then I'll, f- I'll find Aiden's real quick. Yeah. Oh, Aiden's I, is, I is I'm pretty sure the ACC is just full of frauds. Every last one of them. And I, I think that that's true. But I think that this year, like, yeah, it's kind of proof that they're all, frauds. everyone there is a fraud. When was that said? That was said last year in November. Mm. 
They really are, though. Or not last year. Well, yeah. I guess but they year. added Cal and Stanford, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, why? I always, I feel, I've always felt like you're the hot taker, like the one who was yeah, the most, I tried. The most forthcoming with like. I tried. I mean, everything that I ever yeah. like, everybody I listen to, it's like you just gotta throw some stuff out there. And I was like, why? Why not just throw some hot takes out there? You know, at least and if it hits, be like hard struck in, you know? in my opinion was was my ultimate goal is that if I were gonna say something, I would want to be on one side of it and not the middle. And I'd want to be like definitively mm-hmm. yes or definitively no, and that's kind of what I went with on everything. Fair. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for those, Wyatt. Up next, Bart's gonna power rank our five best episodes. Yeah. Okay. This was. I feel like this was the hardest one to do, and nobody's yeah, mentioned sorry. this yet. <laughs> the The fact that our drive got killed and yeah. we lost all the outlines was it was it was killing me. I know. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. The <laughs> fact that our book had stuck was. God, yeah, for, for the the part. Part. yeah anyway yeah, yeah. So I, I was like listening to episodes on like 2.2x speed trying to like remember what people said <laughs> i i will certainly miss some and hopefully if you guys remember any that i missed then please mention them afterwards but uh okay first mm-hmm. of all honorable mentions of course um the smoothies cheez it's and bad boys oh my the first one where you guys ranked or you predicted every bowl game it was like 50 <laughs> minutes of bowl game predictions i still think that's just the funniest thing ever and then we did it again lucas at one point um jabari rules because of the segment where aiden broke down the names for nba players uh hot takes only round two i want to mention because that's when i said kirk is a top eight quarterback and i feel like that has lived rent free in your your, your (laughs) heads Mm -hmm. since it's Um, the top eight metric that that, that's the best exactly that's not it's a quarter of the number of quarterbacks in this in the league um remaking college football's conferences because i i literally just wrote because we had a lot of fun doing that one i remember we just like pulled teams over and put them in mm-hmm. new places i don't know if you guys remember that one yeah dude where's Devonte's car because that was our first episode as lunch pail guys march of 22 it's and then anyway. wow. yeah we no, happened way more recently than i thought i was actually it was very noticeable when we switched from like the fun names to the very like descriptive plain uh-huh. names dude where's my yeah where's Devonte's car is a Anyways, and then the last one, I, I love this one. The main show takes a week off. We, it, Wyatt uploaded a 39-second blurb just saying, we're taking a week off. I didn't know that <laughs> he did that. I saw that. that. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize it was 39 really? seconds. I was confused yeah. by the description. Because so, the description was like, we're taking, yeah. <laughs> they have this, so we yeah, decided exactly. to take a week off. <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, we could have been uploading like so many more of those since then, but we did it one time. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. <laughs> what right. was the second part? That was August of 22. Um, okay, so all right, here we go. And I again, I apologize if if I, I am not omitting one that you guys loved. But my number five, uh, I have the quarter bachelor. You mentioned this one earlier, Aiden. Um, just because of the the segment where we went through and we equated quarterback situations with their teams to the bachelor was hilarious. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of fun doing that one. I remember. So that's my five. Number four. I will fight Carl Anthony Towns with my bare hands. <laughs> we have a few that are yeah. like, I will fight blank with my bare hands, which I was a fan of. <laughs> this one was where we talked about how NBA stars can improve their games. And so I think the title comes from, I talked about how Kat needs to do like Taekwondo or something in the off season. And then we also talked about our dream sports-based vacations in that episode, oh, which was yeah. a really fun one. That was fun. Um, number three, I combined two because they're kind of the same thing. Don't buy me peanuts or Cracker Jacks. 
and we ranked the top 10 stadium foods. So just two episodes yeah, where we did a bunch good. of ranking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both great. of those were fun. Aiden was there for the first one, but not for the second one. So I'm sorry, Aiden. I tried to only find ones that we were all part of. Mm-hmm. Um, my, yeah, I, I love this one to death, but I can't put it first. I think you know which one I'm going to put first. But my number two, Florida is the Penn State of the SEC. This is the one. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. This is the one where it was us four versus Jared. Jared was <laughs> arguing about which sports belong in the Olympics. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I don't know if you remember this. He started with yeah with breakdancing and landscaping, and then he said grilling should be one of them. Oh my, that was a hysterical grilling. 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 Oh, grilling. <laughs> I that was one of the single funniest segments of of this whole show, in my opinion. That was just okay. And then number one, I think this is like the foundation of our podcast. Call me by your nickname, uh, which is the infamous Cowboys bet with people agreeing to buy plane tickets and stuff and i listened to it and i was jared, actually i am gainfully i'm gainfully employed jared so That's i can true. deliver on that this year if you want. we were like i because I, I was the host i remember we were like 10 seconds away from moving on to the next thing and then Wyatt goes jared if all of those things happen i'll buy you a jersey and we were this close away from missing the bet and then lucas was like oh yeah i'll buy you a plane ticket too it was funny and then also that one uh, which was also one of the funniest segments was the nicknames um, where we talked about Shaq and the big Aristotle oh, the and then the Aristotle, yeah. Lester, the molester. <laughs> so yeah, that was a absolutely full of laughs one as well. Um, yeah. yeah any other good ones that you guys remember? Cause I know I missed some. I, I liked well, anytime yeah. we did trivia. I thought that they were all good. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Trivia my was favorite fun. was the peanuts and cracker jacks one. I remember just laughing so hard at yeah. like how much Lucas really wanted to bring home some sort of novelty item that goes along with the snack. <laughs> wait, yes. wait, yes. wait, wait, wait. Hold everybody vamp one second. <laughs> okay, one yeah, other the... one that I came across when I was doing research. And Jared, I don't think you were here for this one, so it doesn't qualify for the all, all five. It was better for that. Um, but no, <laughs> um, but no, the one where Probably we, the one where we realigned, it. yeah, we realigned the NFL divisions. Oh, that was fun too. <laughs> and it ended up that like it just did not work at all. We had, <laughs> up, the AFC West included Lucas and I drafted the New York Jets into the AFC West because the reasoning was it's west of New York City. From New- <laughs> <laughs> the we also, Jacksonville Jaguars were also in the AFC West, and this was all because Bart like specifically went out of his way oh, to yeah. take the teams remaining that we could put there to sabotage us. Uh, anyway. We also the whole uh, purpose of us doing that was because the Bills were like, we need a reshuffle, and then the Bills yeah, ended up uh-huh. getting an infinitely harder conference to be in after the reshuffle. <laughs> <laughs> also. So I went to Notre Dame this past week and went to a basketball game, and I am true to form. Oh, I got man. a nice. A, I got a souvenir cup. Cost? How, how much do you? Okay, were you gonna ask me? Guess everybody guess. Twenty one. Yeah. How much do? You, Ten dollars. Oh, no. Is it just soda? I'm gonna say eight eight dollars. It was eight and it was eight dollars. Nice. A Actually, steal. not bad. Yeah, exactly. A steal. Yeah. Eight dollars for my Coke. For a cup you're never gonna use again. One day. Just the <laughs> idea that his your entire thought, like kitchen cabinet is just full of novelty cups and like upside down base- baseball helmets instead of bowls is really funny eat soup out of that yeah exactly <laughs> well we're getting one step closer so <laughs> oh. 
All right, Jared, you're up last. You are doing your our favorite best recurring segments. Yeah, I feel like I'm kind of running out of steam a little bit for ideas. So I a hope lot of them were yeah, were similar. I put the one that I remember everybody saying like was their favorite was the stadium foods one. Um, mm-hmm. So I put that one down. Best and worst stadium foods. I think our best probably or maybe favorite recurring segment is power NFL power rankings. We usually got really good like engagement on Instagram. We always got good debates, I think, on the um, uh, actual rankings. And we would always be like, I'm, we, every, I swear every episode, someone would be like, I am shocked that this team is still available. I'm going <laughs> to literally probably every time like, you can just put that on repeat. Um, Dark Horse MVP was another one I put that just like produced some pretty iconic takes, I think. Yep. And then mm-hmm. we haven't done this one in a long time, but I think was a fun one back in the day was Cash or Trash, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really liked that one, Cash too. Just I also noticed how those yeah. kind of disappeared. Mm. The, yeah, um, so. Trivia is why I mentioned also were always mm. fun. Yeah. Tri- yeah. Trivia. Yeah. Slash auction. Trivia. Yeah. Auction trivia. Is a auction trivia specifically. This year was fun. Yeah. Good call, Lucas. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Anybody have any others? All right. Well, we move on to our last segment, which is <clears throat> Farewell, Wyatt. This is Wyatt's last episode with the Lunch Pill guys. Uh, so we'll start by having him rip off some takes that he can never be held accountable for, <laughs> and then we can go and uh, say nice things about Wyatt if we want before he signs Well, we'll keep show. it brief because we've actually gone on for a really long time. I, I just got the one take that I remember talking to Jared about when he came home for Christmas. Brock Purdy winning the MVP or making or winning a Super Bowl might be the worst possible outcome for the San Francisco 49ers this season. And I know that like the name of the game is to go out there and to win the Super Bowl or whatever. I just think that Brock Purdy is so clearly limited on how he can play and what he can do uh, that whenever he, they don't have their full set of team, especially like when just Trent Williams goes down, he is significantly less productive as when everybody else is there. And it all works right now because he was Mr. Irrelevant and he makes like $900,000 a year, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. If they were, to, if he were to win MVP and then after the third year or going into his fourth year, which would be next year, they're going to have to make a decision on whether or not they want to make Brock Purdy one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL, uh, 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 an NFL MVP, possibly a Super Bowl champion, maybe both. I don't think he's going to win it this year, but the fact that he might finish second anyway and they might make an NFC title game is going to put the 49ers in a position where we have an extremely accomplished quarterback and we will not give him an extension. And maybe it sets a bad precedent for the team, but if they decide that they want to go out there and Brock Purdy gets any more than $20 million a year, Fred Warner is gone maybe. Maybe they have to make a move that Brandon Ayuk can't stay. Uh, at some point, they're going to have to lose talent at like maybe the cornerback position. Maybe... They never find another wide receiver too, and they just have to continue to draft incredibly well, which is entirely possible. But to ask a G- GM to now go pick 100% now on your picks is so difficult for anybody to do. And if you can't just have teams, if you can't retain those picks year after year because you decided that you wanted to give Brock Purdy a huge contract, let alone $30 million, which is like the going rate, if they were to tag him, it would probably be at like a 35 to $37 million point, uh, price point. And I don't think that they could actually build a true contender with Brock Purdy and any deficiency whatsoever on that roster. I think if they don't give him that, though, he'll get that much somewhere else. 
And I think that that's a yeah, huge mistake. have a hard time. Yeah. I, I just feel like it's not it's not bad for them much. to win a Super Bowl, though. Because, like, regardless yeah, of whether right. they but, win a Super Bowl or not, I feel like Brock Purdy's going to get a lot of money if he keeps up playing like this from either the Niners. Yeah, or it's the just the price point just gets higher is all it is. Yes. Is that, you know, he may, he may like be $35 million with a loss, and he, he might go up to $42 million with a win. And, you know, Daniel Jones got $40 million. He certainly has every right to go in there, especially as a second-place MVP yes. finalist and a Super Bowl contender or whatever, or finalist or, or a champion, or maybe Super Bowl MVP if it ever gets to that point. He would certainly have a case to be like, I am worth $47 million a year, and you have no choice but to give it to me. And if if the mm-hmm. Cleveland Browns decided that they wanted to go and do that, that's that's their right. I think that that would be a huge mistake. I think that there is just he operates really well within the system, and the rookie quarterback scale can be any cheaper for him because he's literally the last pick of the draft, and it, it's it's proven they have tons of sweet players, but they're gonna have to make decisions on guys. Brandon Ayuk specifically coming up, who's who maybe their best talent or their most talented wide receiver on the team, and if it gets to a point where like we can't keep him or we have to move Debo because of it or. You know, Fred Warner gets the boot, or you know, our pending safety, whose name escapes me, who who was a really talented pick last year from USC. Like, they've done so well drafting the later round picks. Eventually, some of these guys are gonna have to get paid, and they can't keep them all. And if Brock Purdy is the reason why they can't do that, I think they're cooked. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. fair. I, I think, um, yeah, I think that's a. Like- a valid strategy that like no team has kind of had like the guts to do basically. And I don't think that would like look bad on like doing business with the 49ers or whatever. Cause you can, you can kind of bill it as like, it's a quarterback camp. You're going to get look, you're going to look good. We're not going to pay you, but somebody else will pay you. You know, <laughs> somebody else will pay you $45 million. Mm-hmm. Just won't be us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you could win a Super Bowl here. Cause you're going to have talent and stuff like that. You're going to have to Ch- Shanahan. That's like kind of a good pitch. I feel like. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. You don't think the rest of the NFL would be like, why wouldn't you, who's seen him every day for the last four years, why won't you pay him? But somebody's going to be so just willy-nilly to go out there and give him a contract. I don't think so. All, the other teams are just so desperate to get a quarterback, yeah. though, that I I would not be shocked at all to see mm-hmm. him get $40 million. <laughs> He should get for it. Yeah. I'm less down on Brock than I feel like y'all are. I don't know. Like, he's we don't penalize too much for I, having so many weapons. Like... I get that Brock's not it's, some generational yeah, talent, but he's a good quarterback. It's not like trail like but, he's been way better than it. Well, we don't penalize to Forty Niners QBs who have been in the same system. I understand that. Yeah, I, they're, they're at their like kind of peak level of talent right now with McCaffrey and all the weapons. I think that's fair. I just think that he's yeah he's a he's a competent quarterback. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say top twelve, <laughs> top ten. <laughs> <laughs> Top eight. <laughs> Top twelve is fair. I, I need to go look at the numbers because there was a I, there was a tweet I think that was like if you just look at his passes that go behind the line of scrimmage, he like leads the league in yards per attempt or something like that. Mm-hmm. Some crazy thing where it's like yeah yeah uh, yeah. He's there's just like I would need to go look at passing attempts, but he has like the most yards or whatever, and it's just like I don't yeah. think that he's the greatest thrower of the football we've ever seen. Statistically, yeah, I don't and disagree. the reason why we don't penalize Tua is because we don't also we don't talk about Tua as highly as Brock Purdy, and I think that that's just the problem. Is like when you overrate a player so mm-hmm. much, everybody else is basically underrating them, and he's a hater, and we just don't put Tua in that same in that same breath. Yeah, the whole MVP thing definitely made all the Brock Purdy hate come out, which I think is fair. But Tua yeah. last year until he got injured was very much in that conversation. 
right? Like he was in the MVP competition. Mm-hmm. I feel like he didn't get the same amount. And the Dolphins but, may not be yeah, him either. Yeah. You know? That would be, yeah. I don't know though. That would be, I feel like, more surprising. We'll see. Yeah. I'm also not specifically like against Brock Purdy, but just like once you give that quarterback a contract, like you're yeah. done, you're yeah. done winning. Even even like the Chiefs right now are kind of I feel like feeling that yeah. for Mahomes. Yeah. Let's well, have a time. Mm-hmm. They nice. luckily still had Kelsey and everything. Like they kind of retained some talent that was already on contract and stuff for last year's Super Bowl run. But it kind of feels like they're running into that trouble now. Yeah. I don't know. Eagle Eagles yeah. maybe are running into that trouble right now with Jalen Hurts yeah. being expensive. Mm-hmm. Well, we probably overrated that awesome. roster anyway. Yeah. I I mean, like, their D line's really good. I I think that we are, like, overrated. Everybody they signed Kevin Byard, oh my gosh. So they got Shaq Leonard, oh my gosh. And then, like, the Kobe Dean, and they're, like, the Georgia Bulldogs from blah, blah, blah. But it's just, like, it it just didn't work out that way. However, they should have played Keely Ringo a lot more. I think that they they should have given him a shot. Yeah, Keely Ringo. Chance way earlier in the season and, and given Bradbury the boot. Yeah. Well, Byron's watch. But I mean, so, that's again, the thing. I think every move like, they made during the season, we get to the point where it's like, how do they keep getting these guys? And you know, we always overrate those teams. We always put those teams in like they're they're unstoppable, when in reality, they're you know maybe not. Mm-hmm. Um, that's gonna do it for episode two hundred. It's not gonna necessarily do it for my career, but I'm certainly not gonna be back as a full timer. I will be around. I do enjoy uh, spending time talking about sports with everybody. It's been Lucas. How long have we been doing this show? This is uh, we're in our sixth individual yeah. year, but we've only been doing it for like. Four, but I mean, four yeah, plus, I, I was on. I think it was Bart and I were on like really early on, like the first couple episodes, and then yeah. we've been able to do this ride. I really do appreciate all the time that we've spent talking about sports, and and. It's been a treasure. But uh, we appreciate you guys for listening, and we will see you all next week. No, we got to say later. nice things. No. You can if you want. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah I'll say, listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you alluded to this earlier, Wyatt, but I feel like I, don't know, I have a tendency to be too cautious with my takes and hedge everything. And the other end of the spectrum is people just throwing out takes, right, to grab attention. I feel like mm-hmm. your takes were always original and actually hot, making for an engaging podcast. Mm-hmm. But they were well-reasoned. And so it was you found the, the balance there. Um, also appreciate all your all the work you did off the air with our logo. Yes. The fact that it looks like professional, oh my legit. Gosh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as opposed to me making something <laughs> on PowerPoint. Exactly. That's yeah, just yeah. like <laughs> that, that. I think would have been the alternative. Um, yeah, your work also on our social, social media, media presence. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you will be missed. And the story that I'm going with when we talk about Wyatt going forward is that he retired on the DraftKings money that we got. (laughs) 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 Yeah, no, I mean, I really appreciate it, too. I think you, like, served as a nice balance, too, to our Notre Dame-ness. Like, I think (laughs) it could have gotten a little self-congratulatory or self-deprecate. Like, it could have been, you know, a group think on that. And so I appreciate that. And I think that, like, coming in, like, not knowing any of us, like, it was always one of my like favorite things to, like hear all your takes every week. Mm. So I very well, much appreciate you. it. And it's been a good four plus years. Let's say six. Yeah, me too. I really, I really we'll enjoyed like your solo. <laughs> I enjoyed your solo shows and like listening to your takes on those when I wasn't like in the episode also hearing them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you did a good job stirring the pot for us <laughs> and bringing some good energy and making sure we weren't agreeing with each other all the time. Yes. Yeah. Lucas, you deserve some credit for being a uh, balance to the Notre Dame stuff too. You're quite the pessimist. Yeah, that's true. I'm <laughs> such a pessimist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
also mm-hmm. i'm just gonna miss your humor oh thank you like, i appreciate it yeah you're hilarious also i think my favorite thing is you and jared bickering as brothers has been <laughs> a pleasure to experience as a third party and now we won't get that but it's okay <laughs> well yeah like i said i appreciate the time it's been it's been really fun doing it yeah all right see you later